my dear respected elders, brothers, listeners, sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran Kareem says, Rijal, la tulhihim tijaratu wa la bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqami salati wa ita'i zakat يخافون يوما تتقلب فيه القلوب والأبصار. رسالة تجلب من؟ and obviously in the time of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم was the men and the women. they proved themselves to Allah. رجال صدقوا ما عهد الله عليه. men that fulfilled the promise that they made to Allah سبحانه وتعالى. They were made of steel. Their courage knew no bounds. Nothing proved as a challenge when it came to them proving their love and the dedication for the deen and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no word in the dictionary as an excuse. So my beloved subhanallah, this is the terminology Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, Rijal. They were men. They were women. In the true word of a man and a woman. Today women want equality. Asma bint Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anha comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There are men all around. And she says, Ya Rasulullah, I have a question. The question is not the question is not regarding the question is not regarding men and women are we equal in regards to go and work men and women are we equal in regards to driving men and women are we equal in regards to dressing men and women are we no our focus and our mind is men and women are we equal in reward and earning jannah Ya Rasulullah, the men, they go to the masjid. The men, they go to the janazah. The men, they go and they, alhamdulillah, in the path of Allah. What we women have that we can also be par excellence to the man in our reward and our jannah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so startled and taken aback by this lady's question. She looked out, he looked around and asked the men, did you ever hear a lady asking such an excellent question? He said, your umrah and your hajj equates for you the reward of going out in the path of Allah. And he said, when your men folk straddles the path, to go to the masjid and straddles the path to go in the path of Allah and one of you sits at home and takes care of his family and takes care of his home and takes care of his wealth that he has full alhamdulillah conviction that on my return I will find my home and my family and my children in a better shape than I left them because I have a lady of Jannah in my home Nabi Sallallahu said Whatever he does, you get the same reward. 
Your husband is in the sweat. Sister, you are sitting in an aircon room. You're getting the same reward. Your husband is, subhanallah, walking for kilometers. You're getting the same reward. Your husband is on the horseback. You get the same reward. Because he cannot be there if you're not at home looking after his children and looking after his izzat and his honor. This was the women of the time. Rijal, we're talking of men. Yesterday I was reading something. In Germany, there were these few women that would come to the train station and they would flash inappropriate parts of their body. So they wait for the train to close and as it's just about to go, they flash something inappropriate and they make fun of it and they make for probably a video of it. So some men took these women to court. And what was the verdict of the court? That in our country we have freedom of expression. So the man stood up and he said, the man stood up and he said that how unfair is this freedom of expression? If I as a man have to flesh something inappropriate in public, let alone will the police be caught, called, Will I be taken to jail? Will I fall into a black hole of stress? And I will go into drinking wine and then I will be punished again. But I will be also written amongst the pedophiles of the country. And there will be a visual eye on me all the time. For me trying to express my freedom. And a woman can go and she can express herself as an expression of freedom. We are those women of Islam that are taking off their hijabs today to understand that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked Abu Bakr and asked Umar and asked Uthman and asked Ali what is the best thing for a lady? And each one said he is. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Oh Ali, go into the homes and go and ask the queen of Jannah, Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha, Go and ask her what is the best thing of a lady. And she went in and she came out. He came out and he said, Ya Rasulullah, my wife Fatima Zahra, your daughter Fatima Zahra, the queen of Jannah says that unnecessarily no man should cast an eye on her, nor should she cast an eye on a na-mahram man. That's the best thing for a lady. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Fatima to bid'atum minni, only the daughter of a Nabi can speak like that. Only the daughter of a Nabi can speak like that. My beloved, we're talking of men. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the Quran Kareem was revealed. Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan. Oh, little boy. His father already was Azar, the creator of idols, the maker of idols. He had a shop, he would make idols in all forms. And he would work for the famous king called Namrud. Already they were foretold of a child coming, just like in the time of Sayyidina Musa wasalam, who will come and break the kingdom down. And if you know or you don't know, they were also killing the males of the time. When the mother gave birth to Ibrahim والسلام, she was scared they will kill him. She hid him in a cave. 
Ibrahim والسلام, grew up in a cave. From time to time, the mother would come and feed Ibrahim والسلام. She would find that Ibrahim was sustained by Allah by sucking his finger. Milk would come out of his finger and honey from the other. This little boy grew up in the cave. And thereafter, when he was of age, she introduced him into the family. He never scared of his life. As a young boy of 12 years old, he not only preached Islam to them, preached the oneness of Allah to them, but he even went to this extent that he broke the idols. He put his life in danger. My beloved, subhanallah, we know he was thrown in the fire. And Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, on the day of Qiyamah, I will open my eyes and I will find that the person who will be awake before me on the day of Qiyamah, when everyone will be dead, Allah will give life to the first being and the entire world will be Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Because he is the first person to lose his consciousness for Allah. When he said, Rabbi arini, oh Allah, I want to see you. And Allah says, you cannot see me. Look at the mountain. But if your eyes can, alhamdulillah, mobilize and see my nur on this mountain, you'll be able to see me, O oh Musa. Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, on one spark of the nur of Allah kharra Musa sa'iqa the mountain was reduced to smithereens and Musa alayhi salatu wasalam fell unconscious because of the love of Allah he fell unconscious Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him the ability to be the first person to stand up on the day of Qiyamah and then Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, Everyone will be hufatan, uratan, ghurlan. All of you will come on the day of Qiyamah naked. All of you will come uncircumcised like the day you were born. Naisha radiallahu anha said, Allah yahdamu. The men will not look at the women, women will not look at the men. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-amru ashaddu min dhalika ya Aish. Oh Aish, the matter will be so severe. Let alone looking at others, people will not even worry about looking at themselves. But then Rasulullah said, The first person to be clothed and given a garment to wear on the day of Qiyamah will be Ibrahim because his clothes was first taken off him for the pleasure of Allah to throw him and cast him in the fire. Hence, as a reward to that, he'll be the first one to be garments to wear. Now this Ibrahim grows up and then after the incident of the fire, Namrud and his cronies kick him out. He was born in Babylon, in Iraq and now he leaves Iraq, he comes through Turkey, he comes to Syria, he lives in Halab, in Damascus, mashallah. then he moves to Palestine and you know he leaves his one wife, Hajar with the son Ismail والسلام, in the middle of the desert in, in Makkah. And then he goes back. He's running two families. And subhanallah, Ibrahim والسلام, is riveted and riddled with problems one after the other. 
on his life, on his child, leaving his wife. And finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذِ بَتَلَا إِبَرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ The entire life of Ibrahim al-Islam was a test. When he's old now, Allah Ta'ala says, we gave him his graduation certificate. We made him an imam. We made him a leader. Now he was a man. And what Allah says about this Ibrahim, he comes to build the Kaaba. There's no one living there, my brothers. No one. Makkah is deserted as can be. The first time I went for Umrah was in 1989. Some of the roads going to Makkah was, you know, gravel. No proper roads. All what you see now in Makkah and Medina, it's all in the 90s and early 2000s that just developed. The early 80s, if you went, your grandfathers and fathers will tell you, subhanallah, or if some of our brothers went there in those years, they will tell you it was undeveloped. So subhanallah, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, we're talking about 4,000 years later. <laughs> Imagine in the time of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, what was there? There was no al-bayk, there was no al-tazij. <laughs> but Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam went there. Allah gave him, granted him zamzam. And alhamdulillah, he made the Kaaba musharrafa. He built it. Now my beloveds, a true man, a man that works for the pleasure of Allah, a man that his heart is connected to the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, does not work to see immediate benefit. If you plant a tree today, you know, in Saudi Arabia, they show you, they take you to these amazing date palm plantations. We went to a place called Al-Ahsa. It's right, Al-Hufuf, in the north of Saudi Arabia. And they take you to these oasis. They plant the plant, and the tree will only give fruit after 20 years, 15 years, 25 years. But now, am I going to see, I'm already 50 years, probably I will see the dates of this plant 25 years later when I'm 75 or 80, will I even be alive? So rather let's not plant it. No, no one thinks, thinks like that. They said, how great is a generation that plant trees, they know they will not see the fruit, but they're planting it for the next generation to eat that fruit. So subhanallah, my beloveds, I ask you, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam left his wife in Makkah alone. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam left his small son, baby, crying for milk in Makkah alone. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam makes the hijrah. Ibrahim alayhi salam comes back. He's tested by Allah to take his son and to slaughter him. He passed that test. Then with his son, Allah asks him to build the Kaaba. He builds the Kaaba. There's not even one person to make Salah there. There's not one person to make Tawaf. There's not one person to make I'tikaf. But on the command of Allah, he built it. And thereafter, he put his trust in Allah. And Allah says, You make the Adhan of Hajj. Ya Rabb, there's no one here who's going to come. Did he see a benefit of his Kaaba then? Did he see the benefit of the Kaaba then building a little, you know, subhanallah square? No, you were used for it. Allah made your Jannah for you. And then he passed away. Today, 4,000, 5,000, whatever years has passed by. Just last night, some of the brothers from here, I, uh, the Tawaf, they said, Sheikh, it's so full, we can't fill it, fit in the Mataf. 
We have to wait for a later time. The mataf is so full. Every second person is going for Umrah. Ibrahim al salam done the effort 4,000 years ago. Today look at the fruit. Imagine Ibrahim al salam has to come now and see how many thousands of people are making i'tikaf. How many thousands of people are making alhamdulillah salah. How many thousands of people are making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously for thousands of years till the day of qiyamah. And do you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls Ibrahim alayhi salam? He's not a man. No. Ibrahim is not a man. The change, an entire nation, it takes an entire nation to make change. Allah said, one man done the change. Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan Ibrahim is not one man. He's not an individual. My Ibrahim was an entire nation himself. Sometimes an entire nation can't do the change one person can do. My beloved, subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. One day, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu is sitting. And he asked the people around him, I wish that you say your desires, make a dua. And there were, mashallah, great sahaba around him. And he said, some said, I wish I had a room full of gold and another room filled of gold and another room filled of gold and I could take all this gold and give it in the path of Allah. Someone said, I wish I had this, gold, this entire place full of food and flour. I could go to the poor people and feed them. And each one said what they wished. And then they looked at the great Umar and they said, Oh Umar, what do you desire? And Umar radiallahu never say, I want a room full of gold, or a room full of flour, or a room full of dates, or a room full of silver. He said, I wish I had a room filled with men. Filled with men. The men, and he says, equal to the likes of Salim bin Abdullah, or Mawla al-Salim. This was Abu Huzaifa radiallahu ta'ala anhu's freed slave. And he was made a shaheed. The likes of Mu'adh bin Jabal, the mufti of this ummah. The likes of Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anhu, on whose hands Damascus came to the hands of the Muslimin. I wish I had the likes of this man. These are the men I wish I had around me. Because if I give flower, it's over. If I give charity, it's over. But with such men around me, I can do things which are mysterious. I can change the ummah. I can make change for generations. My beloved subhanallah, Umar radiallahu anhu appreciated men. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciate men. When I say men here or I say women here, I mean genuine men and women. Those who are not scared for repercussions. Those who can take a stance. Those who can go through struggle. The other day one alim came to me and he was explaining to me his madrasa and this and that. And yet I asked him one thing. Is the challenges and struggle? He said, no, last three years the same. I said, mashallah, may Allah accept, but brother, you're not growing. He said, what do you mean we're not growing? We're getting more students. I said, more students is not growing. There's no growth without pain. If there's no challenges and there's no pain, there's no growth. You won't go anywhere. Stay in your comfort zone. For 30 years, you'll still be there. You have to fight. You have to struggle. There has to be pain. And with pain, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala will grant you growth. 
My beloved, subhanallah, look at this. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu is fighting on the frontiers of Iraq. He's fighting the Sassanid Empire, Hormuz, who was a fire worshipper at the time. And Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu wrote to him many letters and asked him to accept Islam. He said, no, straight. And he was so abusive that how dare the Arabs come and tell me what to do. And he wrote a letter telling Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, get out of my land or otherwise I will smash you. I will trample you. So Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu comes and faces him. And Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu says, Wallahi, I brought such men with me that love death more than your men loves life. The, the, the way your men loves the life and your men loves women and your men loves wine more than that tenfold my men loves to die. You can never ever beat us. But I still give you the time. Let's talk. Let's have dialogue. So he said, no, I'll see you on the battlefield. They were 200,000 men strong. How many? 200,000 men strong. And they were a trained army. This is the Sassanid Empire. This is the Persians. For over a thousand years they were ruling. They even smashed the Roman Empire. And that's why I say the power of Iman is such the two superpowers of the time. The Sassanid Empire and the Roman Empire for 1,000 years were fighting one another and could not cancel each other out. And Khalid bin Walid with 4,000 men canceled them both out. <laughs> That's deep, my brothers. See what I'm saying. The Sassanid Empire and the Byzantine Empire ruled for over 1,000 years and fought more than 400 battles but could not cancel each other out completely. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu single-handed with 4,000 men cancelled them both out forever. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu writes to Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu Oh Abu Bakr, there are 200,000 men, I'm only 4,000 men. How do we face them? There's a series of battles ahead and we know now there's almost 31 or 41 battles that they fought. Before they reached Qadisiyah. Qadisiyah, we all know Qadisiyah. But it's right at the end. Before Qadisiyah, there were more than 31 battles. The first one was Havir. So he says, we're going to fight all these battles, but I need men. I need reinforcements. I need people to help me. Please send me an army of at least 1,000 or 2,000 people. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu reads the Jum'ah prayer and he tells the people, my brothers... Our brother Khalid bin Walid is facing the great Sassanid Persian Empire. They have 200,000 men and he only has 4,000. We need to help him. But no problem, I already have the answer. And he calls a man by the name of Qa'qa ibn Amr radiallahu anhu. He said, Qa'qa, come here. Qa'qa came. He said, I send you to Iraq. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu smiled and he said, he asked you for reinforcements, at least a thousand men. You send one man? One man? He said, Wallahi, to me, Qa'qa ibn Amr is equal to a thousand men. This is men, Rijal. Entire nations and communities cannot be equal to that one man. 
He says, Wallahi, thousand men equal to this one man. And immediately, subhanallah, Ka'qa radiallahu ta'ala anhu goes. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu is on the battlefield. Hurmuz is on the other side. He comes forth. And they had the state governors everywhere. So he was one of them. He had the most expensive headgear. In those days, to be the most important person, you had to have very expensive crown headgear. His headgear alone was 100,000 gold coins. He knew that without, with Khalid bin Walid, they can't win. They need to get rid of Khalid bin Walid. So he became treacherous. He said, I will have a duel with Khalid. I will have a duel with Khalid. But what I want is, I want that 10 men must sit behind me. And the minute Khalid comes, all 10 with me attack Khalid bin Walid. He will not be able to duel all of us together. And once we kill Khalid, then it will be easy to kill the entire army. So he called Hal bin Mubaris. Is there anyone to duel me? Of course, Khalid bin Walid, like a lion, ran out. And subhanAllah, it was an ambush. When Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu came to the middle, he came forth, but he had these 10 men waiting in ambush, lying on the floor. Immediately, Ka'qa bin Amr radiallahu anhu understood. And with the, alhamdulillah, like lightning, he shot onto the ground. And he could, he could shoot three arrows in every, for per second. He was so quick. Per second, three arrows he could let go. And alhamdulillah, he came into the middle of the battlefield and got rid of those ten men, clearing the path for Khalid bin Walid to take the Hurmuz himself. When the, when the leaders were gone down, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the way for Khalid bin, Amr, Khalid bin Walid and Sayyidina Qa'qa bin Amr radiallahu anhu for their first step of victory amongst the 31 steps before they took Qadisiyah. My beloved subhanallah, after that Khalid bin Walid hit the back of Ka'qa bin Amr and he said, Wallahi, I pay my tribute to the insight of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu that today I can see what he meant that one man is equal to, to 1,000 men. 1,000 army was standing there, they could not help me. One man came and he saved my life. In Damascus, today we go to Damascus, such a beautiful city. I studied there for almost one and a half years to two years. Amazing place, subhanallah. Dimashq is huddled and cuddled by the mountains of Qasyun. It's the first place where Adam alayhi salatu wasalam came. After he came, subhanallah, to Arafah, whatever. That's the first place he settled. The caves are still there. The graves of the sons of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salatu wasalam are there. Allahu Akbar, Salahuddin Ayyubi's grave is here. Nuruddin Zangi's grave is here. The minaret where Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu wasalam will come down is there. Zainul Abidin radiallahu anhu is underneath. Imam Ghazali wrote, Ihya Ulumuddin in this room. History pouring. But how was Damascus taken in the hands of the Muslims? The same Ta'qa bin Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. One man alone. On a night when they were having their celebrations, the man alone scaled the walls of Damascus. The Muslim army was seven months. They sieged Damascus. They could not get in. Qa'qa bin Amr, one man alone. He scaled the walls, came from the back. He passed the message to Khalid bin Walid. These people are all drunk. I'll open the doors. The Muslims' armies came in seven months later. On the hands of one man, Damascus was taken. My brothers, we don't know history. But these were the men that wrote the history of Islam. My beloved, subhanallah, the ummah lacks men. 
The Ummah lacks women. The Ummah lacks such people that can be a nation themselves. My beloveds, let us try. We try to be better, inshallah. Let's try to leave a legacy, inshallah ta'ala. Let us try to be that Ummah like Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Kana Ummah wahida. Don't see benefit or not. Whether one person sits for your bayan or 20,000, doesn't matter. Whether one person listens to your advice or 20,000, doesn't matter. A qasam by Allah. If you do things with sincerity and following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whether you have followers or don't, whether you see benefit or not, a time will come. Whether you're in your grave or not, Allah will accept what you've done. I'm reading... In business class, one day, alhamdulillah, I got upgraded. I'm not rich to travel to business class. But sometimes you get an upgrade, you know, when you, or, or the points. I'm sitting and I put on the screen, you know, audio books. And I'm reading Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi's book. And I'm crying to myself that the man lived more than 1,200 years ago. And he was not wanting fame to the extent that when people came to know who he was, he ran away from the masjid. He went to another mosque. There's a long story to it. I don't have time now. But subhanallah, no one knew who he was at that time. Today, the 1200 years, there was no Facebook at that time. There was no YouTube at that time. There was no social media at that time. There were no TikTok, no flicks. My brothers, 1200 years ago, he didn't even have ink. He says, I would run out of ink. I would wait for a month to get some money to write again. Allah accepted his work. I'm... 30,000 feet in the air, sitting in business class and reading the book of that man who penned that book 1,200 years ago. Who put his book there in the skies for me to read? When Allah accepts something from you, generations to come, Allah Ta'ala will make people benefit from you. But you need to do it for the pleasure of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, your sincerity to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And don't be scared of challenges. Don't be scared of challenges. Challenges make you grow. That's why we make the dhikr at night. Every night, Thursday night, we make dhikr and I tell the brothers, Allahu Akbar. When we make the dhikr of Allahu Akbar, all your challenges put together is small. Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Allah is beyond any challenge. So may Allah Ta'ala grant us in our lives courage and make, may He make us real men and real women that live our life. We have a short life. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us, inshallah Ta'ala, successful in this life and in the year after. Say Ameen.